You're listening to Something Real with Pastor Rich Seiger, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. On today's episode, we're talking about the baptism of Jesus and why he needed to be baptized in the first place and what it represents for us. In Luke chapter 3, Dr. Luke is wrapping up his introduction of the gospel story, and he concludes this introduction with the baptism of Jesus and a genealogy of Jesus. And uh, he's already concluded in uh, verse 20 the introduction of John's ministry. Now in verse 21, uh, he describes what's happening uh, with Jesus as we see Jesus identified by God himself as his son. Reading from the New International Version, starting with verse 21, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. In verse 23, he says that Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. And then he goes on to record a a genealogy uh, through Mary's line, through uh, Joseph's father-in-law, Heli or Eli, all the way back to Adam. Now, this is kind of an amazing story considering that John was baptizing for repentance and Jesus had no sin. So if Jesus had no sin, what's he doing here? Well, the concept of baptism had always been for identification from uh, the Greeks to the Jews to John uh, and even into Christian baptism, which would be, uh, be appropriated later. We see this concept of identifying with a way of life, a philosophy, a philosopher. Uh, John's baptism was unusual in that it was not for Gentiles becoming Jews, but for Jews who had chosen to identify with this act of repentance, choosing to change my mind and change my direction, to turn from my way to God's way. Jesus is here to be identified with this baptism as well, not because he needed to repent of his sins, but because to fulfill all righteousness, he he comes forward to identify with uh, God's way, with righteousness, and perhaps more importantly, with the work that he would later do on the cross. Paul describes Christian baptism as being uh, buried with Christ as we enter the water and being raised with Christ as we come out of the water. This identification with the person and work of Jesus uh, is representative of our salvation and regeneration in him. Here, Jesus, who had no sin, is not turning from anything, but identifying with what he would later do in dying for our sins, being raised to a new life. He's identifying with what, uh, with the body of people that would later become the church. He's identifying with the work that God had for him. And we see God identifying him as his own son. Uh, we see a pretty clear evidence of the triune nature of God here as All three members of the Trinity are present and manifest, visible here. Uh, As Jesus was praying, the Son here in the water, 
heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit, the second person of the Trinity, or the third person of the Trinity, descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And the first person of the Trinity, the Father, speaks as a voice comes from heaven, saying, You are my Son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. This beautiful act of identification puts Jesus in the perfect place to be able to bridge the gap between humanity and God. God created us for a relationship with him, but our sin separated us from him. Every person always uh, guilty of sin in our nature and in our choice. Adam, the first human, uh, as our federal head, carried this sin throughout, throughout the generations and throughout the race. So Jesus, having already been identified as fully God and the Son of God, now through this genealogy is identified with Adam as the Son of Man. Uh, as Matthew had traced uh, Christ's legal lineage to the throne back to Abraham, through David to Abraham, now Luke traces his physical lineage not through the father of Joseph, Joseph, but through Joseph's uh, father-in-law, Mary's father. So Mary's line also goes back through David. But he goes not just to Abraham, all the way back to Adam. His entire purpose here is to demonstrate that just as Adam was the son of God here, being created by God, Jesus in, in Adam is fully human. So Adam was not the son of God as Jesus was, begotten of God or sired by God, rather created by God. Jesus, begotten of God, the only begotten son, is also fully human. That dual nature of Christ as the only God-man makes him fully and uniquely qualified to be able to carry our sins to the cross so that we might be his, we might be in him, sanctified. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. That cosmic trait is, is uh, possible because Jesus was both God and man. And we're told in John 1.12 that as many as receive him, as many as believe on his name, to them he gives the right to become the children of God. Because of Jesus, when God looks on believers, those who have received Christ and are in him, he can say of us, you are my child whom I love. With you I'm well pleased. Thanks for listening. As you can see, this is kind of a new format for us. We're going to have a shorter episode and then a medium episode and a longer episode. So be sure to tune in tomorrow for our conversational episode regarding this same subject. And then Sundays or Mondays, we'll have uh, this sermon episode up that really dives in deeper to the whole thing. So we'll see you tomorrow.